Uh, good morning, everyone. Uh, my name's Dan Seegers, and I'm one of the elders or leaders here at church. Um, <clears throat> and uh, this summer, we're doing a uh, teaching series called the Summer Mixtape. So normally, we would like pick a book of the Bible and kind of walk through it. But this summer, Greg and Rich were like, hey, do you want to teach? And I was like, sure, what on? And they said, whatever, which makes things really easy because... Uh, I'm a really focused person. That's a, that's a joke. Um, so um, I don't have like a single verse um, that I'm going to talk about this morning and walk through, but um, I will be reading kind of as we go. Um, before we get started, though, I wanted to pray for our time this morning. Yeah, if you would bow your heads with me. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, um, we gather before you today and uh, want to rest with you and take refuge in you. God, I thank you for um, the people here and this church and how when we come together, it's a time to be together, but to be with you together, to be present with you. God, we acknowledge all the stuff going on in our lives, the, the joys, the laughters, the sorrows, the stress, the work, our families, friends. And God, we lay them before you this morning. And our desire is to trust you, to let you have those things. God, we ask that you would speak to us this morning. Uh, we don't want to hear just a uh, a nice thing. Um, God, we actually want to be transformed and, and changed by you. God, thank you so much for your mercy and your grace in our lives. We worship you. God, we're thankful for you. Thank you. Amen. Um, so last week, uh, this, this isn't like a, an intentional thing, I guess, but um, that the summer series is going to like follow like, you know, week to week, but it just happens to kind of follow. Um, last week, Rich talked about uh, this metaphor that the Apostle Paul likes to use in the Bible when he talks about the body of Christ, or when he talks about the church, it's called the body. And he talked about the, um, how each of us has a function or a role to play in that body. And I think Rich has shared a number of times over the past few months, but he shared the example of his toe and how he dislocated the toe. And I have a picture here. Just kidding. I'm not going to show it. Um, by the way, Rich and I dress like almost identical today. It's pretty funny. Um, but he <laughs> but uh, one of the things that Rich talked about, and this is, I'm sure if anyone here has been injured in your life, um, you know that uh, you start to compensate. Your body starts to compensate, and you start to, for Rich, for example, he started to walk differently because it was really painful. And if you don't get the proper, like, physical therapy, you know, your body doesn't heal correctly, and it starts, like, you just start functioning in a way that you're not really intended to function, and you're not kind of at your optimal. And so... As he was sharing that last week, it really fit with what I wanted to talk about uh, this morning. Um, And that is the role and the function of prayer 
in our lives. Um, I don't think it's intentional that, and it's not necessarily for us here in the church. I mean, it could be, but I, I think some of it is, but also just in general in Christianity. I think it's something that's not intentional that we kind of forget about or we, we lose the function of. Um, and it's also a part of kind of our culture. Um, there are some really great things going on culturally, but um, there's a lot of, like, disbelief and God being present and those kinds of things. And so we kind of get lost in some of that. But before I talk about prayer, I wanted to kind of revisit this idea of what does it mean for us when we say we follow Jesus? And I think it's really critical to kind of revisit that, to talk about that first, and then we're going to talk about prayer. So following. I think culturally there are uh, a number of examples we can think of. And if you're older, you may not think of this, but I think of like, I mean, I am older, but like, I think of like Twitter and Facebook. Like you can't mention the word follow and not have that kind of come in your brain. Um, we follow people, we follow celebrities, we follow athletes, and largely because, you know, sometimes it's fun, but sometimes it's like there are people that are saying things we're really interested in, or we may follow news, we may follow politics or a, a, a political issue, or there's a cause that we want to follow, because we're really interested in it. I think of, like, athletes, um, we cheer for them, we, we follow their records and their stats and those kinds of things. And I remember as a kid, I grew up playing soccer, um, and Pele was my hero. And I remember at the time I lived in Hawaii, I was playing, and my coach gave me a VHS tape. Yeah. And it was an instructional video of Pele and how he played. And, you know, he talked about the way, the style that he even ran on the field. He, he ran really low to the ground so that, like, if he fell, he could just bounce up really quickly and, you know, really different today people normally are just like falling on their face and uh, you know anyway that's a side point but but everything that he taught in that video dribbling and juggling and shooting a ball and of course the bicycle kick I practiced those things I, I in a sense I followed him I wanted to be like him so we're surrounded by these kind of cultural examples and they're kind of out there and sometimes we see things on the internet like memes you know like these little like one-liners like these are like these really good sayings. And in being inundated with these types of things, it makes me wonder when we read things about loving our neighbor or taking care of the poor, these kinds of things, that we see them as things that are out there, things that we need to strive for um, if we can. It's a good, like, like a good idea. But I wanted to ask the question this morning, is that what defines us as being Christians? like doing these good things, to strive to follow these good principles. And although these things are admirable, and I think they are part of what defines us, I think it's critical that we think again about what primarily defines us, and it's our belief in Jesus. We are identified by the fact of what he has done, who he has claimed to be, and, importantly, his continued presence in our world. You know, Jesus didn't say, you know, follow the idea of him or to acknowledge that he had some good things to say about loving our neighbor, caring for the poor. 
we believe that he's actually alive, that he's with us. And he wants to bring order to chaos. That he wants to bring healing where there's brokenness. That he wants to bring forgiveness where there's been estrangement from God and from each other. And Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians... Is it? Nope. I'm sorry. But you can trust me when I read it. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting our sins against us. And he continues writing, God has committed to us this same message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. And the last part of that verse is what I want us to really hear and focus on, as though God were making his appeal through us. Some of you know that our oldest child was born with hearing loss. Um, She failed a hearing test when she was first born within, I mean, it's literally the the day after she was born. So we went for a follow-up test, and it was confirmed that she had mild to moderate hearing loss in one ear, and um, moderate to severe in the other ear. She was going to need hearing aids. And at the time, we were in shock. A lot of fear, a lot of questions. We didn't know what this meant for us. And in the midst of this, we were introduced to an organization called Listen and Talk. And what happened was the, what we found out later, didn't know this at the time, Um, this woman named Star, who was the founder of this school. She would come to our house and visit with us and talk to us about all of our questions and how do we help our daughter. And the mission of this school is to take kids with hearing loss and kids of normal hearing, but their mission is very simple, to help these kids listen and to talk. We enrolled our... um, oldest into the school, had a profound impact on our lives. We still support the school, and um, all of our kids actually went to the school, um, though the, the, our younger two have normal hearing. So knowing what these experiences are like of, you know, having a kid with hearing loss, it makes us, like, sensitive to, like, other people and this kind of stuff, and there's a point to this story. Um, and so a couple of years ago, there was a video floating around the internet of a baby. I don't know if anyone here has seen it, but there was a video of a uh, seven-week-old little boy who um, had hearing loss. He gets hearing aids, and he begins to hear his mother's voice for the first time. And he's like, just kind of an amazement. And I wanted to use that, not in a, um, you know, in a weird way or anything, but that God wants us to have our ears opened. That this mission of his is something that's not our idea. It's not just a good idea. But he is behind this mission and he is with us in this mission. Listening and talking is really what prayer is, right? I mean, prayer is kind of a religious word. I think sometimes we hear it and we're like, eh, chanting or whatever. It just kind of feels foreign to us. But basically that's what it is, right? Listening and talking. Anyone will tell you that for a relationship to remain healthy and growing and thriving, 
that relate or a communication is a really big part of that. And I think all of us this morning need to be challenged to grow more in our conversations with God. But this is all centered on the fact that God is actually with us. Let's stop and think about that just for a moment. He is near you right now. Nearer to you than the person sitting next to you. After Jesus was resurrected, he had this to say to his disciples. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely, I am with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus is a present king and ruler. Jesus said that all authority in heaven on earth has been given to him given to him, and he's always with us. I think sometimes we lose the wonder of this, that God, the God of the universe, is actually present with us. I've lived in Seattle and other places long enough to meet a few friends who grew up in some kind of church, or like they went to a Christian school. If you know anybody like that, raise your hand. It's pretty common. Um, But for various reasons, they've decided, you know what, i I don't really consider myself religious or I would not identify myself as being a Christian. And I've listened to a number of their stories over the years. And for a lot of them, their understanding of Jesus or Christianity um, is largely about, oh, it was this organization that was about, like, helping us be good or good, you know, these rules we needed to follow or these principles in life, the golden rule. And perhaps their home or school is like me. I found the older I've gotten, I've built new routines and disciplines in my life. And these are good, but sometimes our routines become so familiar. Like for me, I'm a people person. And I think God has done a lot of stuff in my life to help me love and care for people around me. But the familiarity of that has sometimes gotten in the way of me being aware of like, what is God doing right now and me relying on this kind of natural, even though it's not quite natural, this thing in my life? And there was a, uh, an author a while ago, um, actually the founder of a college up in uh, Canada, said that we tend to be atheists in our strengths. And that stinks. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I think about whatever it is that you're really good at that we tend to be atheists in our strengths. Martha, last year, and I think it was around in September, um, was up here teaching before she moved to Portland. And uh, she said that prayer is the lifeblood of living in our context. And I wanted to rephrase that, just in context of what we're talking about today, that listening and talking with God is the lifeblood of living where we go and with whoever we're hanging out with. God wants us to know him and how he is speaking to others, not just about him. Um, It's one thing to hear about this idea of love or this idea of justice or this idea of caring for the poor, 
but it's a completely other thing to know and experience that God is alongside of us, showing us what it means to love, showing us what it means to be just, showing us what it means to care for the poor. Those are whole different uh, ballgames. Jesus is present with us as we hang out with our neighbors, our coworkers, and our families. He already knows the joys, the pain, the guilt, the hurt, the laughter of everyone around us. And I want us to focus on that it's his mission. It's not our mission to go take care of the poor or our mission to love our neighbor or our mission to do these things in our world. I want us to stop and remember this is Jesus's mission. And that's really important for us because that means he's with us and he is wanting to teach us. He is wanting to speak. He's wanting us to listen to him in the process. There's no great way to talk about, like, prayer in a really simple, small, like, setting in, you know, 20 minutes. I mean, this is never going to be exhausted uh, in that short of time. But I think it's helpful to maybe describe it in human relationships in some ways. I mean, it's, it's going to fail at some point. But there was a time when my wife, Heather, and I did not know each other, right? One day we met each other up in Bellingham and we weren't dating I was intimidated by her in some ways not because she's like a mean person or anything but she's just a really great person and I, I was like wow no way she'd be interested in me um, <laughs> so a few years later um, we started dating which was crazy and I remember, and this is pretty typical, right? Like, you start dating or you start hanging out and you're really nervous. You're like, oh, this is really awkward. I don't know what this person's going to be like. Are they going to like me? And all this kind of stuff. And eventually your friendship grows and you start talking more. You start laughing. You start fighting. You start having arguments. You start laughing even more. You start having like these really deep conversations. You argue more. And after this coming Friday will be 15 years of marriage for us. Woohoo! Um, had to slip that in. Um, and obviously, we know way more about each other than we did 18 years ago. When we first kind of met. Well, yeah, 20 years ago. Jeez. Yeah. Not old. Um, and I know this is an example of marriage, but this is true of any relationship, right? There, when you meet someone for the first time, let's say you're at dinner church. You know, we have an outreach at the community um, down in Magnuson. You're sitting at, at having dinner with people. It's going to be awkward. You don't know this person sitting next to you. There could be a new person at your work. It's totally fine to be awkward. It's totally normal. But as we sit more and more with that person, we start to, to develop a friendship or some kind of relationship where we learn how to talk to each other. We learn how to listen to each other, and it just takes time and patience. And I think it's the same with prayer. We learn to sit, listen, to talk with God. It takes time. And as we grow in prayer and our awareness, wow, that Jesus is with us, I think we're transformed and we start to pick up on subtleties. Like, Heather and I 
and I'm sure a lot of people here can um, identify with this, but like, you know, there are times where she doesn't have to say anything. Like, I know what she's thinking, whether it's about a funny thing or a good thing or something I know she's mad at, something I've done. I know. Like, it's just something you pick up on because you, you know each other. And I think that this is the same with prayer. As we're hanging out with people, um, the more we're hanging out with God, we're going to pick up on little subtleties of what is God saying right now? Like, I know, like, physically he's not here right now, but I, I read in Scripture that God is this way. I've experienced God in my prayer life in this way, and I'm here with this person, and I just picked up on a subtlety that, you know, I don't need, like, someone to physically come to me and say, you know, blah, blah, blah. I can say, you know what, I remember Jesus said this. At that point, we move beyond, this is just a good idea to like, do this good thing to sit down with someone, um, whether in the dinner church or in our, with our families or our friends or neighbors. It moves beyond just doing that to I'm participating with God in this moment. I'm listening to God in this moment. God, what are you, what are you doing? And I don't, I don't want to sound like this is a super intense thing, like I can't have fun. I'm just always concentrated on, oh, what's God doing right now, you know, but but there will be times where you're just sitting with a friend, and they'll say, yeah, I've been thinking about Jesus recently. It's weird. I've had that happen. And it's like, okay, let's talk. You know? Um, it's just, but we need to be attentive to his voice. A couple of things to think about in conclusion. Um, I realize that to some people talking about prayer, like this kind of a relationship and this um, describing a relationship like this sounds a little bit foreign. And it's not because you're not spiritual or you're not mature or anything. I think some of it is just personality. Like, I'm a, I'm a people person. I like to talk to people. I like to sit with people. I like to listen. I'm kind of sensitive to what people are going through around me. I pick up on things. And I think some of that is a gift. A lot of it or all of it is a gift. But... Um, there are other people that aren't people people. You know, they don't really like hanging out with people. And when you, if you're like that and you hear me talking about prayer this way, you may be like, that is so weird. And it's totally fine. The fact is that God still wants to speak to you. And he still wants to move through you. It's just going to look different. Right? He's still with you. I mentioned... Um, Oh, sorry. <clears throat> oh, I wanted to talk about just the normalness of life, that prayer is hard because we, we get kind of bogged down in the complexities of stress, of work and family and those kinds of things. And I think sometimes it's easy. To, I mean, this is common. I mean, this isn't anything new. <clears throat> this happens to me. Like, I could be praying about something and have, like, this really good moment with God and 10 minutes later I totally forget and I think it just takes practice we just need to be more reflective and like aware of what God is doing and remembering what he's doing in our presence and I mentioned Rich's example of the body at the beginning of our time this morning and how when a function of our body is hurt that we begin to compensate and I think that um, when we're 
struggling in our prayer life or when we're struggling to be aware of God's presence with us, our compensation is just to kind of walk this walk of like, oh, I need to do this good thing for this some, you know, for someone, or I need to, you know, love my neighbor or take care of the poor. And that is our compensation. Not that we don't do those things, but we're doing it out of like just duty and not an awareness of God with us. And but there's also times where that function has been hurt because something has happened in our lives, something hard, something difficult. Maybe we feel like God's not listening to me. I don't, I don't hear God speaking to me. And I think those are like completely valid and I don't have any answers for you. All I know is that we will walk together. We can talk together with God and journey together in that. There's no easy answers. There are times where things happen and we're like, what is going on? But, and I shared this example with my wife, there are times where we don't get it or we argue or we fight, but we walk through that. And I think it's, you know, if, if a human relationship is like that, I'm pretty sure God is like a thousand times infinitely more interested in that. Um, so, as a closing exercise, I guess I can move this. Um, I'd like us to, if everyone has like a tablet or a smartphone,